From APM, American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Research shows that college is worth the investment, but there are other reports saying that college grads can't find good jobs. Meanwhile, student loan debt keeps rising and now tops a trillion dollars. Given that all three statements are true, making smart decisions about higher education can be difficult for students, parents, and institutions. A new book attempts to focus attention on what can be done. The book is called Aspiring Adults Adrift, and it's a kind of sequel to a 2010 book called Academically Adrift. The authors followed class of 2009 students to measure what they had learned in school and, in the most recent book, how they fared after school. One of the authors is our guest on the podcast this week. He is Richard Aram, a professor of sociology and education at New York University. Welcome. Thank you, Stephen. Would you set up the project for us? Tell us when and for how long you followed these students. We joined uh, an ongoing effort that began to track freshman year 2005, so the class of 2009. We joined the project their sophomore year uh, where we surveyed students and uh, collected their transcripts followed them again their senior year with surveys and transcript collection, and then two years uh, following graduation, uh, spring 2011, during a very difficult economic period in the U.S. when these students were attempting to make transitions into the labor market and into adulthood more broadly. You talked about the first book on the podcast a few years ago, and the takeaway was that Many students were not really learning that much in college, that schools could and should be much more academically rigorous. How does this new book build on that previous premise? Yeah, well, the data was overwhelming when we when students told us what they were doing during their uh, college and university years. 36% of students said they studied alone less than an hour a day. Half of them said they in the prior semester, they didn't have a single class that asked them to write 20 pages over the course of the semester. 32% said they didn't have a single class that asked them to read more than 40 pages per week. And so very minimal academic requirements and expectations these students were facing. Now, when, they, when it comes time to graduate and make transitions to the adulthood, uh, not surprisingly, many of them are, are poorly prepared to make those transitions. And so they have a difficult time landing jobs and holding employment once they've found these jobs. And uh, these difficulties are indeed related to whether or not they were able to develop critical thinking, complex reasoning, and general writing skills while at college. That shouldn't be too surprising. One would assume that people who are lazy in school maybe still suffer from some of those traits, uh, at least early on in their young adult lives. It's both that they haven't developed these uh, the general competencies, critical thinking, complex reasoning and writing, but also they haven't developed the attitudes and dispositions associated with uh, success. Now, interestingly, we find that their transitions to adulthood are very difficult, 24% are living back at home with their parents. Nearly three-quarters are receiving financial assistance from their parents two years after graduating. But even with these very depressing outcomes, when you ask them how their lives are going to be, they're wildly optimistic about their futures. Uh, 95% of the graduates we uh, surveyed said their lives would be the same or better than their parents. Was this research across a cross-section of schools or... Are some schools, the more, uh, I suppose, selective schools, more rigorous in what they do with their students than other places? 
So we had 24 uh, diverse colleges and universities in our study, and we did in, indeed identify uh, differences in graduate outcomes uh, across institutions. The students in more selective colleges fared uh, slightly better than their peers that had attended less selective institutions. Do you think that the primary mission of college now is or should be workforce development? Uh, no, I think that has to be a part of it, and it has to be a part of it both because that's what students and their families uh, often are looking for, that it, it has to be a part of it because our society has a, a real need for students developing skills and competencies to, to serve them in the labor market. It, it can't stop just there. There's a broad set of adult transitions that one would want to track students on. You'd also want to see how they were transitioning to adulthood uh, much more broadly, including in terms of democratic citizenship. How do you measure that? Because, of course, that's one of the things that, especially those schools and those people who favor the liberal arts, they say that citizenship and having a healthy, well-trained mind is as important as having a job. Yeah, and circling back to your earlier question, Stephen, about the selective institutions that uh, students attended to, they did have significantly improved outcomes when the measures were those that involved democratic citizenship. And so we have two very rough measures in uh, in our study. We ask graduates, how often do you read the newspaper in print or online? 36% of graduates say monthly or never. Another crude measure we use is how often do you talk about politics and public affairs? 39% say they talk about politics or public affairs to friends, family, or coworkers um, monthly or never. So again, large numbers of college graduates really engaged in basic practices associated with democratic citizenship weekly or, or not at all. What do you think schools should be doing to improve graduate prospects, both in terms of citizenship and in terms of the workforce? There has to be much greater attention to academic quality, academic standards, academic rigor, and uh, intentionality in making sure that the students that uh, attend them and have invested large sums of money as well as four years of their time are exposed to curriculum that is aligned with the outcomes uh, one hopes. So again, much greater intentionality in making sure that uh, those outcomes are realized, and in part that it requires uh, sharper curricular designs, but also greater assessment of student outcomes going through. You know, the other piece um, around labor market transitions is in the book, we point to other ways that colleges and universities can support smoother labor market transitions. And uh, we find that students that had apprenticeships, internships, uh, used the school job placement services, ended up having better early labor market outcomes. And so those pieces could be part of what colleges and universities could do to improve labor market outcomes. But again, we need from our colleges and universities today more than just workforce development. We also, given the challenges our country will be facing in coming years, we really need to ensure that college graduates in the future understand the importance of uh, democratic citizenship and uh, have developed the skills, uh, attitudes, and dispositions that are going to uh, serve them well, those adult responsibilities, in addition to their, their labor market outcomes. Do uh, colleges and universities have enough incentives to improve curriculum and instruction in ways that can measurably improve the job prospects of their graduates? 
Well, I think that the trouble is today they have uh, the exact opposite, that they're they're driven to respond to the short-term needs of 17-year-old students. They're choosing between colleges and catering to their uh their short-term needs and interests. And so what we've seen in American colleges is resources increasingly reallocated from academic programs where faculty, full-time faculty are in steep decline uh, because of this academic disinvestment. And instead, colleges and universities are uh, investing in social amenities. And what you see then two years following graduation when you interview them is that they were very ha- the graduates were very happy about their colleges and universities, but they weren't particularly challenged by them. They weren't fully prepared for the challenges that they were facing. And so, again, the incentives for institutions to respond to this are, uh, are weak at best. I've been speaking with Richard Aram. He is the co-author of a new book called Aspiring Adults Adrift. His co-author is Josipa Roxa, and Richard Aram is a professor of sociology and education at New York University. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephen. You can find more podcasts about measuring colleges and other issues in higher education and K-12 education at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse through the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can like us on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and we're on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Spencer Foundation, Lumina Foundation, and the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.